the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observations, and most importantly, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice some related fields in my overall consumer and small business financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference point, that is to say, as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance, I spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I keep sharing with you guys the fact that I grew up as a military brat, but being a military brat is pretty cool in some aspects. In one set of aspects, you're traveling a lot and you don't, you know, have a home in the same place for, you know, more than 18 months or 24 months. So you kind of like, you know, are kind of like up in the air, but it, that causes you to be resilient and to be flexible and to meet new people and take them as they are. And hopefully they take you as you are. So I think actually being a military brat was one of the good aspects, one of the great aspects of my upbringing. And I think more people should have that opportunity, not only to travel the world, but also to do it in such a way where you have some discipline in your home. And I'm not talking about corporal punishment. I'm just talking about you have the discipline where you know you're only going to be in a, a, a place or for a short time. So you have to make the best of it. And as if that wasn't enough, uh, I also married a soldier and um, we spent 
um, part of our lives traveling all over the United States and spent some time in, in Europe as well. And as such, I know how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital based system, because we have to figure out a way to make a living um, with the uh, allocations of finances that we have. And when we sometimes leave the service, we are not quite well adapted to survive in the civilian world. So we have to make make do as best we can. And as such, I proudly serve veterans of all stripes and all branches of the military if I am able to help them make that leap from the military life to the civilian life. And I love to talk about my grands, my, my, the two ladies that meant so much to me when I was growing up. And I just have so much respect and admiration for them because they lived through what I consider to be the four great economic challenges of the uh, 20th century, the Great Depression, a war that had lots of privation. And unfortunately, they had to live through the racism and misogyny that continues through and through our society today. But out of my love and respect for these women who helped raise me and, you know, the stories they used to tell me about their grands who raised them in the real post-constructive Jim Crow South, which I just got a, a taste of. But actually, it's still going on a little bit now. And, you know, the, they're with me in spirit, along with my dad, urging me on. And as such, when the situation is right, ripe, I take advantage of the opportunity to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and the disabled who find themselves more and more, unfortunately, not only the targets of, but sometimes some very pernicious forms, victims of some very pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our society today. So uh, the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money or more probably than not in these days, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your families or your small businesses, financial health, wealth and money related well-being. As I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form, which someone pointed out to me also has a heavy spirituality tinge. And I'm glad that that getting through without me having to beat people over the head with it. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your more detailed search that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances. And hopefully I can provide you at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances or your assets or your debt. Now, first off, I'm uh, recording this show on Thanksgiving Eve. As such, I want to wish each and every one of you the best of Thanksgivings and the beginning of the holiday season. However, as we live in very strange times, let's all take stock of our surroundings and be as safe as we can for ourselves and our families. I must share with you all that this station um, 
and this station, I want to share with you how blessed I feel to have had a good relationship with the executives and management here for all these years. Because as you know, Salem Media is a very conservative radio network, and I am anything but in most aspects of my life. However, I have enough faith in Salem, and I guess the executives and management here have enough faith in me to let me speak my mind on topics that are at the intersection of the law, economics, and faith. So to all the folks at Salem, I wish you happy Thanksgiving and thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share a part of my mind, heart and spirit with your huge audience. And as to you, those of you out there in radio land, thank you for listening and having enough faith in me to reach out to me uh, with your legal needs when you need advice. And I've heard from so many of you this year looking for counsel, so much so that while I might want to take your case, sometimes I can't due to my plate being too full or maybe for other reasons. So today I want to share with you my thoughts. And I believe that many of my colleagues have these same beliefs. And I just want to share with you what I think you need to be in order to be a good potential client and then morph into a great actual client. Now, because I came to the law with a lot of experience as a telecommunication systems design engineer, that is to say, I was a knowledge worker and have been all of my adult life. And my first job out of the gates as a lawyer was working for an insurance company that provided malpractice insurance to knowledge workers who I define as doctors and lawyers and structural, mechanical and electronics engineers and other professionals who provide knowledge-based skills and services to members of the public. That may harm the public and their clients if not used with prudence and in awe of such, you know, abilities and the outputs that we manifest. As such, I take my job as a public servant very seriously. And I have to pick my clients with that seriousness in mind. So that means I take a very information-based approach because like a doctor or any other of the various kinds of lawyers out there in the universe, a lawyer must have the facts of a potential client's case in order to first diagnose the issues involved, and it's called issue spotting in the law. So like doctors who use her, the physician's desk guide to spot the systems and ultimately diagnose the underlying disease, lawyers like me use various online services to find case law that supports a client's position in a particular proceeding. It's just that simple. But the most important component in issue spotting in the law is the potential client's willingness and ability to provide me with the facts of their case. I know the law, or I know where to get the law, but I don't know the facts of your case. I can only get that from you and maybe the public record, or maybe I'll just do some research on my own. But it should come from you as a potential client. 
um, why the kinds of things we need to know is like why someone feels like suing you or why you feel like you need to sue another party or we might I need to know what your liabilities your assets your income and expenses if say you need to go to bankruptcy or probate court and say you want a will or trust I need to know what it is that you want to give to your beneficiaries or if an IP matter intellectual property is involved what it is that you want to protect and I also need to know what missing tax returns need to be filed in just about any of the matters that come before me. Now, based on my own reflection on my years as a lawyer and before that as a consultant, the number one reason I have for declining representation is the potential client's unwillingness or inability to give me the facts I need to analyze their case and potential causes of action and or defenses. So that's what we talk about today. How can you be a good client and thereby save on your legal expenses and have a better chance of getting not only the lawyer you want to help you, but also obtaining the outcome, the legal outcome that may be satisfactory to you based on your particular set of facts and circumstances. But first, we'll take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as I take this opportunity to share with you all how you can be first a good potential client and then become a great client, actual client, and thereby save on your legal expenses and have a better chance of not only getting the lawyer you want to help you but also obtaining an outcome of the legal matter that will be satisfactory. It might not be great, but it might be satisfactory based on the facts and circumstances of your case. And sometimes getting a satisfactory result is a great outcome. You know, when I was an engineer, my first assignment for this great company that promoted me to design systems internally uh, was to put that company's records online. Not, you know, so that didn't mean shoving paper uh, onto the internet. It meant identifying all of the company's important document and having a um, online mechanism identifying what the document was and where it was located. So that meant that I had to go and discuss what the managers of the two warehouses where all of the documents were stored, one in Northern California and one in Southern California, I had to go down there and get, you know, have an interview with them to see, you know, what the parameters of the uh, warehouse were, how many documents were there, what did they think would be a good way to retrieve information about the document, what would make their jobs easier. So, I was, you know, in my 20s, all, you know, peppy and, and excited and, you know, new shoes and a nice new dress. And I, the woman that managed the warehouse down in Southern California, we were like the same age and we had a child that was about the same age. 
Uh, I was happily married at the time and I assumed she was. And I was just excited about this great opportunity and um, the trust that my company had put in me. And I just assumed that this uh, young woman was just as excited as I was to have the records and information about it put online. Boy, was I wrong. There was, I was threatening to her. Um, what the company was doing was threatening to her and her staff. They had been managing these records for, you know, ever since she'd been there and she didn't go to college. She came to the company right out of high school. So she'd been there, you know, 10 or so years. And why was the company doing this? And why were they sending me down there? And, you know, I was encroaching on her turf. And I am so glad we got that out of the way. Because sometimes you don't know why people won't give you information. Sometimes it's out of fear. And if you can alleviate their fear, that's good. But if you are you don't know why they won't talk to you, why they have this hostile attitude towards you, um, you know, that is a problem. And I got to tell you, sometimes as being a lawyer, I can't figure out someone would call me up and need my help and then be hostile and not give me the information. Sometimes it's out of fear. Sometimes it's like they don't understand that I have to be on their side. I, you know, I cannot divulge any bad things about them unless they're going to perpetrate a, cl- a crime tomorrow or one minute from now. Then I have a certain duty. But things they've done in the past, it's confidentiality. And the only way for me to figure a route around the problem, if I can ethically, is for them to share information with me. And so the first thing I want you to know, if you want to be somebody's client and have a win-win scenario where both parties are pulling towards the same goal, is you have to be honest, truthful, and forthright with your counsel and tell her everything about the case and give her the information in the manner in which she requests it. You would be amazed how many potential clients refuse to give me the information in the way that I want it. They want to give it to me in the way that they want to give it. But I am the one who's doing the analysis. It's like, you know, you'd go to the doctor's office and I'm certainly not putting myself up with a doc with doctors who save people's lives. Although, you know, I, I do do work that might save somebody's financial life. But what I'm getting at, you wouldn't go to a doctor's office and not let him uh, take or her take your blood or take your blood pressure or run the tests that needs, including an MRI. But you will expect a lawyer like me to agree to take your case and not be able to identify the issues in your case or do some preliminary research to see if what it is that you want to do is even legally feasible. So that's the thing. You have to understand that you must share the information about your case with your lawyer. And most of us are extremely discreet. I mean, it's like, you you know, somebody have to pry my mouth open for the most part because there's things called privilege and confidentiality. And they're two closely related concepts, but they help attorneys like me do the best possible job for our clients. That means that conversations between you and your lawyer that don't have extraneous third parties, 
but they might have a third party if you don't speak um, the same language. There might be an interpreter there or to help explain or a member of your family who's there to help explain. But basically conversations and meetings between a lawyer and a potential client, including, you know, and ultimately if you become an actual client, these are private matters. And generally speaking, a lawyer cannot be forced to tell anybody about what goes on in these meetings. That means that the client and the lawyer can talk about very difficult and potentially damaging topics. But a lawyer needs to know the full story, the good parts, the bad parts, and the ugly parts in order to provide vital information uh, that's needed in any kind of representation. So if you want to be a good client a good first, a good potential client, because um, the law is it makes no distinction. If, you know, uh, I talk to you before we have a relationship, a, 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 a contractor relationship, I still can't tell anybody what you said. So, I mean, if you want me to take you on and I need to have certain information to do some preliminary research, if you want to be a good client, if you want to be my client, you'll give me the information not only the way you want to parse it out, but in a way that I might ask you to do it. Okay. And, you know, you need to come to me expecting me to also be truthful with you as to what I think the parameters of your your satisfactory outcome might be, you know, but you have to understand it's based on my interpretation of the information that you give me. And, you you know, if you don't give me really good information, that generally is a turnoff to me. I, I just got to tell you, I'm just going to, you know, excuse myself and, and thank you. Uh, but you have to understand that in order for us to uh, help you, we have to get the facts. And then we often, you know, you're looking for support and, and encouragement But while I am a comedian and a cheerleader for most of my clients, because sometimes they get depressed, you don't want to just hear happy talk from me. I want to tell you the good, the bad, and the potentially ugly aspects of moving forward with your case. And as in all legal matters, especially ones that we might end up in front of a judge and a jury or both, Um, You know, you have to understand that it brings out the worst in people. I understand that you feel frustrated, you feel harassed, and you don't like the fact that your life might be, you know, totally upset. And, you know, you, you, we might get angry with each other, but, you know, you might need to blow off steam and then we need to move past that. So we always try to take the high road because this is a long-term relationship if there's going to be litigation involved. Like this might be a whole 12 to 18 months of discovery before we actually even talk to the a judge about when we're going to put the matter before the judge. So um, my clients and I are going to spend a lot of time together. So we have to be flexible. We have to use good communication with each other, treat each other with respect, but be frank and candid with each other. You have to do your homework and get me what I need when I need it. 
If your tax returns have to be filed in order for the Office of the United States Trustee not to have your case booted, you better believe you need to get me that damn information. I remember one time I told a client, I want the damn documents. And the the client went back to the the, the trustee and said, she cussed at me. And, and the trustee says, well, I want the damn documents too. So, we, and you also need to be patient because, you know, a, a, a court matter might last a couple years. So you have to be in for the long haul. And, you know, don't have unrealistic expectations. Listen and work together with your counsel if you're lucky enough to get the counsel that you want and try to keep the case moving forward. So we're going to leave it there for now, but it always in closing here at Selman's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including obtaining the knowledge we need to be the best possible first potential client and then ultimately actual client and then keep our legal fees to the minimum and get a result that we can live with and get on with the rest of our lives. But in the meantime, and in as much as it appears that all or some of the variants of COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, I once again ask you to use this new vaccine. And if you get your flu shot so you can protect everyone, including your family and me. (laughs) So at a minimum, while you're out and about, mask up. Until next time, happy holidays. See you soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.